Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Gleisinger. Hey, how you doing today? Alongside Blaine Wyland on this Thursday, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. And it's not as sloppy out today as it was yesterday. It was more so, you know, puddles everywhere when I walked outside of my apartment. Today it's dried off just a tad. And I want to get the weather right. I've been getting it wrong once in a while. It says it's minus two right now here in the Queen City. So hopefully you have had a good work week. Just one more day and then it's the weekend. We have a lot to look forward to this weekend in the football world. Not only local, but as well, yes, the Canadian Football League playoffs happening. We have the Hardy Cup happening, the Canadian Bowl happening. We have a lot of football to take in. Today's show is for the Canadian Brew House. You can get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday with a feature wing flavor of the month every month. And as always, our guests appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. Back into the fall routine, take the night off. Let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. I say why not? We have a great show lined up for you today on this Thursday and it's been kind of adopted as our SJHL time slot because coming up on the other side of this opening segment, we are going to chat with Ryan Duguay of the Melfort Mustangs. And Ryan is leading the SJHL this season in goals. He has 14 of them. And Ryan also has a brother, by the way, who was just drafted to the Portland Winterhawks in this past year's WHL Bantam Draft, so I might ask him about that if I can remember. So Ryan Duguay, he has an off day today, and he will be up against the LaRange Ice Wolves tomorrow night in Melfort, Saskatchewan. So Ryan Duguay is coming up on the other side. Ben Whiting with your playing now picks, and a big football game happening this weekend close to home here, right in our own backyard. It's the nine-man provincial final. The Lumsden Devils, led by Luke Dunville at head coach. We'll be taking on Shonovan in the big championship game. And Luke Dunville will be on these very airwaves before the hour is up right at 3.50. Can't wait to chat with Luke. And for those of you that have never played or seen nine-man football before, we're going to dive into it a bit with Luke because it is a whole lot different. But at the same time, a lot of similarities, of course, because at the end of the day, yes, it is football. To kick off Hour 2, Andy McNamara with your NFL fantasy for this brand new week in the National Football League. And really looking forward to this conversation, and I hope you are too, especially if you're an Oilers fan, because Bob Stoffer, he is the color voice of the Oilers, and he is live in San Jose getting set for a big game tonight because his, I shouldn't say his, the team that he calls the Edmonton Oilers are in San Jose for a late matchup tonight. San Jose 
just won their first game of the season a few nights ago against those Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to try to get some answers from Bob Stoffer. What's going on, you know, releasing Jack Campbell, losing hockey games left, right, and center. It's going to be a great discussion in hour two with Bob Stoffer. And yes, Glenn Suter, ah, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking all the X and O's with Glenn Suter today on press coverage because this is the last time that we will chat with Glenn before the games kick off here on Saturday. It's going to be a great weekend to take in some football on your couch. I'm going to be in here on Saturday watching it on this lovely new screen we have here in Century Studios. It's going to be a fun one. Can't wait to welcome in. Daniela Ponticelli, West Kate, Don Hewitt. And yes, by the way, we are broadcasting the Western Final coming up on Saturday. The pregame show at 2.30 and kickoff will be at 4.30. Once again, carrying the BC Lions radio broadcast. All right, let's talk about this. A lot of rumors going around, a lot of fluffy stuff. Scott Flory, the head coach of the Saskatchewan Huskies, he says he will listen if the if a CFL team calls, like that's not news. I don't know why this is being so blown out of proportion. Listen, Scott Flory is not going anywhere. Scott Flory has it made right now, leading the Saskatchewan Huskies. Scott Flory, yeah. If a CFL team calls him, he's gonna talk to him. If a CFL team called me, I'd pick up the phone and talk to him. What kind of Headline is that. Same thing with every other coach that we're talking about. Like Mark Tressman, this guy, that guy, this guy walking down the street. If the Argos called him, he's going to pick up the phone. He's going to chat with them. Like, let's not blow this out of proportion here. That's not a headline. He's not going anywhere. A vacant head coaching search in Ryerville being blown out of proportion? you got to be kidding me. At some point, <laughs> we, just, we have to come to grips and lock in on things that are realistic, though. You, even if it's a slow news day, let's just not make things up here. Scott Floor, yes, he will listen to a call if he gets a phone call. Okay? Everybody will. That's just the nature of the business. That doesn't mean that he's going to get the phone call. And that doesn't mean that he's coming. So just how to get that off my chest. First and, fo- first and foremost here, I'm all fired up here. When I saw that today, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Open the floodgates. Scott Flory has it made in the University of Saskatchewan. I don't see him going anywhere. Of course, the Hardy Cup is this weekend, and his Saskatchewan Huskies were eliminated at the hands of the Alberta Golden Bears. Remember, the Golden Bears are in Vancouver this weekend to meet the Thunderbirds in what should be a pretty close football game. Now, the UBC Thunderbirds beat Alberta twice this season. And you hear the saying, oh, it's hard to beat a th- team three times. Yeah, I don't know if I really buy into that narrative. I hear it a lot, and sometimes it could be true, as Dante DeCaria is actually walking into our studio right now. <laughs> Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Pats, as uh, hopefully we can get somebody to let him in. As he, <laughs> oh boy, I thought I recognized that guy. That is Dante. Good to see Dante. And since we're on the subject of the Pats, did you see a big game coming up here on Sunday? First of all, the Pats did lose last night, two to one final score at home versus the Saskatoon Blades in a shootout. Igor Sidorov with the 
shootout goal for the Saskatoon Blades. But coming up here on Sunday, it's Kanabadar bobblehead night. The one thing I've been waiting for forever is finally here. It has fallen into our laps. Connor Bedard bobblehead night is coming on Sunday, and they will also be selling those bobbleheads in the pro shop for 10 bucks. So remember that if you don't get one through the door, you can always go to the pro shop. And Alberta beat Saskatchewan three times. Going back to our thought, Ballsy just texted me. I can give you an NFL example. Last year, the 49ers beat the Seahawks three times. Yeah. It happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I think it happens more. And I think it's going to happen in the Hardy Cup this weekend. I think the UBC Thunderbirds, they're going to run wild. And we're going to talk about it with Ben Whiting a bit. I'm going to ask him about that in the bottom of this hour. He was on the receiving end of that loss. He helps coach the Saskatchewan Huskies, of course, so... I like the UBC Thunderbirds. The UBC UBC Thunderbirds, they can score quick. The Alberta Golden Bears, on the other hand, they don't really... They're more of a dink and dunk running the football team. We've seen it on a few occasions now where UBC has been down big in the first half and they come back and they wallop their opponents. So if I were to put money on it, I would pick the UBC Thunderbirds to win the Hardy Cup this weekend. And of course, we were talking about it throughout the week. We'll talk about it more tomorrow as well. The big Canadian Bowl, just outside of Victoria, British Columbia. The Saskatoon Hilltops taking on the West Shore Rebels. Two teams that do not like to lose football games. And that's going to be a fun one to look out for coming out here on the weekend. And Blaine, I just can't get this out of my mind. Do you do you mind if I go back to the Scott Flory? <laughs> no, I don't think you quick? got your all your rage out, eh? <laughs> I, Let I, it all out, Zinger. I, I, I just got to go back to it because another thought popped into my head. Scott Flory, I'm gonna go out on the record and say he makes maybe one hundred and sixty thousand dollars per year with the Saskatchewan Huskies. And guess what? This is just facts. You look across the board. And there's a few exceptions here and there. Maybe Wayne Harris was pushed out the door this year by the Calgary Dinos, okay? Maybe he was. We don't know. It seemed awfully odd that after that blunder at the end of the regular season there that he's out the door a couple days later, but not my point here. Scott Flory is a head coach of a U-Sports football team. U-Sports head coaches really don't get fired when you look at it. Brian Dolby has been in charge in Manitoba for longer than I've been alive, I believe. It's happened here in Regina with Steve Bryce. I know that. But Steve Bryce, we all know what happened there. It wasn't a very stable situation, not only on the field, but there was a lot of stuff happening at the time off the field at the University of Regina. Remember when some of our wins were taken away? Uh, Mike Gibson, I believe he just left. (laughs) He went 0-8, and then he went out of town. My friend played. A number of friends of mine played under him. Didn't like him. Not going to lie. I'm here to say it. Didn't like him. So he went 0-8, and then I believe he fled to Edmonton. You look at it across the board, like you sports head coaches, their jobs are pretty much secure. They are given a lot of power, and they are given a lot of money. I don't know why somebody would want to trade that in for a situation where, yes, you could coach pro football, 
but how much more money would you be making while doing it? And you also got to remember at the same time, you won't have the same type of power that you would have as a U Sports head coach. It's just the facts. So enough with the, you know, he will answer calls. Yeah, he's going to answer the call, okay? And... And the other thing, too, you kind of went off about uh, head coaches and U.S. sports. Look who we replaced, Brian Towers. He mm-hmm. was there for, God, for ages, eh? So, Very uh, long time. He's his mentor. He's Flory's mentor. Like, yeah. I agree with you. I don't really see Flory to be considered, to be a serious candidate for the for the vacancy. Plus, you get his allegiance is to Montreal as a player. Yeah. Like, he never had any connection as a rough rider. Hey. Of course, well, briefly. Yeah. Hey, since we're talking rumors and stuff about head coaching... Sports Cage has some sources that tell us that quite possibly former Saskatchewan Rough Rider head coach Craig Dickinson might be applying for that vacant Calgary Dinos head coaching job. Imagine that. So that is something more tasty to chew on other than this Scott Flory thing. What does Calgary need? Another Dickinson as a football head coach. Imagine that. They can room <laughs> together. They can live in the same place just like their the, little kitties again. The, the parents can only make one trip now. One more trip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Hey, sources are telling us here inside the sports cage that Craig Dickinson might be applying for that vacant spot at the University of Calgary. And when you think about it, I think that might be a good marriage. The type of coach, great coach Craig Dickinson is, leading younger kids, making their way, trying to make up into the professional ranks. I like that marriage. I would like to see it happen. I want to see Coach Craig Dickinson still coaching in Canada, and I think it's going to happen whether it's at the U Sports level or at the CFL level. Hey, we're going to take a break on the other side of the break. We're going to chat some SJHL hockey with Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back inside the Sports Cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. And it's the time slot where we talk with an SGHL hockey player. Really pleased to be joined by this guy on the Western Pizza Hotline because he's been having some type of season this year. Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs. Nobody has more goals in the SGHL this year than this guy. He has 14 of them, and he has 24 points altogether. And when you look at it from a points perspective, he is second in the entire SGHL chill in points. Ryan Dugay, how you doing today? Thanks for giving the sports cage a couple minutes. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So have you always had that scoring touch? I mean, you've been fighting the back of the net. Yeah, well, I like like to say I have a pretty good shot. I work on it a lot, and it's been going in for me this year, so it's been good. My friend used to play in the SJHL, and I remember one a road trip that his Weyburn Red Wings went on. I kind of went with the team and went around and caught a lot of games in different arenas. Really liked my time in Melford. Just uh, go through your time in Melford, a small community. I think about you know 6,000 people around there. How's Melford, Saskatchewan treating you? Oh, it's awesome. I'm loving every bit of it here. It's a nice, small community, great fans, great arena, so it's it's been awesome. What's your favorite arena to play in in the SJHL, outside of maybe your hometown rink? Uh, I'd have to say probably Esteban, because yeah. it's such a rink, obviously, and yeah, it's fun to play in. What's it like playing in Flin Flon against those Bombers? I, I heard that it's a bit of a intimidating atmosphere. Yeah, every time you go to Flin Flon, it's a battle, you know, it's small rink real good team over there so it's all you always got to play your best there and 
and it'll go well for you. But yeah, it's a tough rink to play in. Yeah, Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs here on the Western Pizza Hotline. He is leading the SJHL so far here in the 2023 season with 14 goals. So you are taking on the LaRange Ice Wolves tomorrow night at home. What kind of team are you expecting in LaRange? Uh, they're a very tough team. You know, they play hard. So just be ready to battle and, you know, just try to get pucks on net. So I think we can uh, crash those goalies and put some pucks in the net. You're not the only hockey player in your family either. Your little brother, Jordan, I believe it was this past year's draft here in 2023. Jordan was drafted by uh, the Portland Winterhawks. So uh, just take us through that. Uh, have you guys, well, obviously you've always been playing hockey, but has it always been really competitive amongst you guys? Yeah, we like to we like to skate together and work on with each other in the basement. You know, we we always battle. We make competitions out of it. So you yeah. know, I think it's making us both better. And yeah, it's been good for him. I'm proud of him. He's doing well. Yeah, how exciting was that for yourself after that news came across the wire that Portland Winterhawks selected your brother? That must have been a great feeling. Yeah, it was awesome. I was actually working out at the time. I had my phone beside me, and I saw it, and I was I was so proud of him. I, <laughs> Portland's a great place to go, so yeah, it's exciting for him. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's a lot of different communities in the Western Hockey League, a lot of, you know, smaller towns, but Portland, Oregon, that's a quite a fun place to be. I mean, maybe on an off day, you could go see the Portland Trailblazers and stuff, you know, NBA action. That's a pretty sweet community to play in in the Western Hockey League, huh? Yeah, well, I've never heard nothing but great things about that place, and yeah, I'm super happy for him. I think he's going to love it when he finally gets his opportunity. And I, I don't doubt that he'll do amazing up there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Ryan Dugay of the Melfort Mustangs here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, Ryan, you are from Edmonton, Alberta. So take us through the process on how you ended up in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Yeah, so I played my midget career in Edmonton, and then I went out to Whitecourt in the Alberta League. Didn't work out for me there. or I, And then I went to Bonneville. Also didn't work out too well. And then... Been been a couple places that I got shipped out to Melfort, and it's been nothing but awesome. I got a lot of opportunity out here, and I'd like to say I've took advantage of it. And yeah, it's been awesome. How does the AJHL compare to the SJHL? You're a player who has played in both leagues, so you are a player who is perfect to answer the question. Yeah, well, I think uh, the Saskatchewan League is a lot more physical. It's more of a battle. You know, you're always putting your body on the line every night. It is more like speed, like a lot mm-hmm. of more skilled guys, speed guys, but this league's a lot more tough, and, you know, not everyone can play in this league, so yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. And last year you had 39 games played, and you had 13 goals, and you already surpassed that this season. So when you when you look at it, comparing your game from this year to last year, is there anything that you could put your finger on that has really changed your game? Is it just to work through the off season? Is it just come down to opportunity? How have you been finding the net so often here in 2023? I think uh, a lot of work in the off season on my shot and stuff. And also, I think last year I was more of a pass first guy, and I've been taking more risks shooting the puck more and it's been going in so yeah just keep doing that and hopefully it keeps going yeah is that something that you took amongst yourself or was that something that the coaching staff kind of pushed you to do maybe shoot on net more uh well mostly myself but you know my coach always wants me to shoot he thinks i have a good shot so he wants me to to use it as much as i can so yeah it's been 
both ways, but it's been working. Yeah, and I was watching some highlights of yourself. You do got a nice shot there, Ryan Dugay of the Milford Mustangs. Hey, good luck tomorrow night against those LaRange Ice Wolves, and uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes today, and hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hopefully we have a good weekend this weekend, and yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. That's Ryan Duguay of the Melfort Mustangs on the Western Pizza Hotline. Heading to break, we will have Ben Whiting of Play Now Sports Saskatchewan coming up on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Blaine Wyland inside the Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker. It's a busy night in the NHL tonight. There's 11 games on schedule, including the Edmonton Oilers taking on the San Jose Sharks in a battle of the bottom two teams in the NHL. San Jose won their first game this week against Philadelphia, while the Edmontons head into tonight's contest with a 2-8-1 record. Elsewhere tonight, it's an all-Canadian matchup with the Vancouver Canucks squaring off with the Ottawa Senators. There's also an original six matchup between the Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Canadiens. And the Winnipeg Jets will host the Nashville Predators. The Calgary Flames have called up reigning AHL goalie of the year and former Everett Silver Tip netminder Dustin Wolf to the big league squad as the team is set to embark on a road trip through Eastern Canada, beginning with the matchup with the Maple Leafs tomorrow. Speaking of Toronto, it's expected to be a record-setting crowd at BMO Field this weekend as the Toronto Argonauts host the Montreal Alouettes in the Eastern Final. The Argos are expecting over 25,000 fans for the game this Saturday. And that's a look at your sports. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's that time to chat with our betting king. It's Ben Whiting on the Western Pizza Hotline from Play Now Sports Saskatchewan. How you doing today, Ben? Not too bad at all. I don't mind that at all either, the betting king. Yeah, I just... Oh. <laughs> it just rattled off in my head, so let's roll with it. Maybe we can build something off this here. Hey, you excited? Off the tongue, eh? <laughs> yeah, you excited for these games coming up on the weekend on Saturday? A couple big, hotly contested matchups here in the Canadian Football League. Obviously, playoffs towards the end of the year. Um, it, it's exciting, but this is really where you know you get everybody's best guys. Are maybe would be injured in uh, regular season. Coming back from injury, everyone's putting it all on the line. So it's almost a different brand of football, and I love watching that type of football. Nothing like playoff football, baby. Yeah, and one thing that maybe makes it a little bit better is if you have a small little wager laid on the game, maybe it makes it a little more interesting. So let's give the sports cage shareholders some numbers to really lock in on, and maybe they can lay a couple dollars down, sit back, relax, and maybe win a few dollars. For sure. So I'm thinking this is my thought process with this week's picks. It, it's playoff football. It's going to be cold out for the remainder of the season. Obviously, you're playing football in November in Canada. It's crazy out here. Um, so I'm thinking here you got to be able to run the ball in the cold. It's harder to catch those balls um, in the cold weather. Uh, usually the most physical teams are the ones that have made it to this point in the season. 
And that's the idea of any football team is how they're able to run the ball. So uh, my first pick, obviously, Western final. Uh, I'm going with a guy who's been kind of a, a staple in Winnipeg's offense the entire year. That's obviously Brady Oliveira. Uh, also, shout out that he's uh, Canadian. That's also amazing. Uh, so I'm going. And I could have done any time touchdown scorer, but I'm going for it all. I'm going Brady Oliveira, first touchdown scorer of the game at 5.5 odds. Now, that's a pretty big payout, uh, meaning that the likelihood of that happening maybe isn't that likely. If you want to go a more conservative route, we have Brady Oliveira, anytime touchdown scorer at 1.45 odds. So there's a little bit of everything here, and that's all found on the playnow.com sportsbook. Yeah, and if you lay $10 down on that 5.5 Brady Oliveira first touchdown, you will walk away with $55 return. So that's a nice little word. You'll win, well, $45. Toronto Argonauts hosting those Montreal Alouettes. Looking like it's going to be a nice crowd at BMO Field, which is nice. It's going to add to the atmosphere of the game. What can you add as far as a betting line for our fans? For sure. And, I mean, I'll I'll preface my little blurb here on what I'm betting on with, uh, I mean, if Toronto's being labeled as the best team in Canadian Football League history right now. So if that's the case, you may as well just pick them on the money line right now. That's what they're saying. Um, and and they've, they've kind of had the statistics and the record to back that up. But I'm sticking true to my theme of running the ball and being able to run the ball successfully in the playoffs is the key uh, to winning Grey Cups and winning, winning games. I'm doing the flip side pick here. So A.J. Olette, uh first touchdown scorer, 5.5 odds. Um, and again, if you want to go the conservative route, we got A.J. Olette anytime touchdown scorer at 1.5 odds. But I'm going for it all, baby. Uh, I want these two running backs, uh, two of the best running backs in the CFL, be scoring the first touchdown of each game, uh, just pounding the rock there. What would happen, Ben Whiting, a play now, Saskatchewan, if you were feeling a bit even more risky? Would you be able to lay like a nice parlay down and say Oliveira first touchdown score and Olet first touchdown score? If a fan did that, what would the payout be if you like laid down, I don't know, five bucks? That makes it 30.25 odds. Ooh. If you were to put 10 bucks on that, A.J. Allett and Brady Oliveira to score the first touchdown in each of their games. That will bring you to $10 bet. You cash out at $302.50 on the sportsbook there. You can stack parlays. You can run Trixies. You can run all these different things. Uh, there's a little bit of something for everyone on there. Hey, since we're on the Eastern Final, have we found a resolution as far as this little onside toe-tap punt at the Montreal Alouettes? <laughs> I've come accustomed to doing. Is that in the book yet? It was in the book, Sean. I was, yes. I was like, I was on a bus over to Edmonton um, for coaching last week, and then I got an email saying that the that prop bet went live. I almost jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. <laughs> but we had that last weekend. Uh, it's not up live right now, but last weekend it was any of the teams involved in the playoffs. If anyone was going to do that quick kick uh, bend of the rules, if you will. Uh, we had that at uh, 50.0 odds, so it was pretty pretty long-shot odds. But to me, those are just the fun ones. It's like betting on a, a wedgie in March Madness or a doink field goal in the NFL. Those are, <laughs> yeah. those are kind of fun little teasers, you know? Hey, what else do you got in the Eastern Final? Who do you have, Toronto or Montreal, to score first? 
Yeah, for sure. So to score first, um, obviously Toronto, I mean, they've kind of been the cream of the crop this entire year in the CFL. I think they're going to win probably quite handily. Um, obviously that's because I don't like the Montreal Alouettes one bit, uh, but also they've had the resume to back it up. So I'm taking Toronto to also uh, score the first touchdown. Now, if Olette scores the first touchdown at 5.5 and Toronto scores the first touchdown, which is what I'm already betting on, that's also 1.45 odds. So I'm kind of being uh, strategic in how I stack my bets there, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. This is Ben Whiting, Playnow Sports, Saskatchewan. I'm going to ask you quickly about the, your Saskatchewan Huskies. It's the first time we've talked to you since the game this past weekend. It was a tough outing in Edmonton. Who do you got in the Hardy Cup coming up on Saturday in Vancouver? You know, that's a tough one. I, I, I truly, truly believe in the Western Division and U Sports is the most competitive there is yeah. uh, throughout the country. I mean, obviously the AUS is kind of what it is. RSEQ is a league of two teams, uh, just to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. And then I don't even know what to make of the OUA sometimes. you got the Western Mustangs and a couple other teams that ride a wave and they're good for a couple of years and then you just you got teams that are at the very bottom getting blown out 90 to nothing well so but meanwhile in the can west there it's always a dog fight you can never walk into a game thinking you're going to win um and we got two very competitive teams this weekend in the golden bears versus the thunderbirds um I'm going to take the Thunderbirds in this one. Call it a grudge. Call it whatever you want. They also have the record to back it up. They beat U of A uh, twice this year. And I, and if I'm speaking more to my football senses here, uh, UBC has the ability to score quickly and often. And they can run up scores on, on teams, which they have done the entire year. U of A is physical, extremely physical, uh, they pound the rock down their throat. They're slow and they're methodical. They run, run, run. Then they take a deep shot or they run some little cheap stuff. And then they, they always keep you on your toes. But U of A is not designed to score quickly. Unless, mm-hmm. of course, it was in our situation. We had a couple busts uh, last weekend. But yeah. I think if UBC is able to get up in this game by more than a couple of scores, U of A is really going to struggle to get those points back quickly. That's just not their DNA. They're not designed to score bang, bang uh, really quickly on, on, on big shot plays. So my guess is that, well, this is how I see it going. UBC comes out firing. They're obviously playing at home. That was a big point of emphasis for them throughout the entire year. Uh, they get up a couple scores, and then from there, they just got to do damage control. So I'm taking UBC in this one. But like I said, any game in the Can West is a flip of a coin. A lot of talent. Uh, obviously the most competitive division in U sports. Yeah, some great analysis there from Ben Whiting, Play Now Sports Saskatchewan. So, Ben, where can we lay a couple dollars down on some of these picks you gave us? What's uh, What's the website? Yeah, absolutely. So just type in playnow.com into your desktop, mobile device, uh, tablet, whatever you may choose. Uh, You can click the red join button in the top right-hand corner, enter your personal information in four easy steps, choose your preferred way to deposit money into your online wallet, and from there you have access to over 500 different slot games, the Playnow Live Casino where you can play blackjack, roulette, uh, baccarat, Texas Hold'em against an actual dealer in real time. And then, obviously, we've talked about the Play Now Sportsbook where there's a little bit of something for everyone. 
Uh, we also got different promotions that are always up on site. Uh, same game parlays. Uh, we got a playoff promotion where it's an anytime touchdown score for the CFL playoffs. Uh, there's, there's so much for you to do and so much uh, opportunity um, to, if you choose to spend your entertainment dollars on gambling. That said, if you are choosing to spend your entertainment dollars on gambling, you got to be over the age of 19. You got to be a resident of Saskatchewan. Play Now is the only legal and regulated online casino in the province. Uh, and then obviously, we want to ensure that you're using your game sense, making sure gambling's fun and not harmful. So you got to be 19 or older, and you got to be using your game sense. Ben Whiting, thank you, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Appreciate it. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. 345 inside the Sports Cage here on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. A big nine-man football game is about to go down this weekend. The Lumsden Devils taking on Shonovan. And we are happy to be joined now on the Western Pizza Hotline by Luke Dunville, the head coach of those Lumsden Devils. Thanks for taking a couple minutes here before you guys hit the practice field at 4 o'clock. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So my first question, maybe just explain nine-man football to our listeners. A lot of us maybe haven't seen a nine-man football game before. What are the main differences when it comes to other than, you know, it's nine guys instead of 12? Maybe just take us through what a nine-man football game looks like on paper. Sure. Just uh, one big difference would be the field. Our field is only 100 yards long instead of 110 and 50 yards wide instead of uh, 65 for 12-man. So that's a big difference. And then uh, just depending on uh, what type of offense they run, it can kind of mimic uh, 12-man one way or the other where you can have five offensive linemen uh, like – uh, a 12 man game, but then obviously you have less uh, slot backs and receivers out in play, but our, our tackles are actually our tight ends. So they are eligible or uh, sometimes some teams, they spread it out and only have three offensive linemen, you know, right in front of the quarterback. And then you have the same amount of, uh, of slot backs and, and ends out in space, but then uh, the amount of people blocking in front of the quarterback are less. And then the defense would obviously uh, adjust to that, but Defense is, is fairly similar, just the difference is usually uh, like the defensive backs that are on the field. Yeah, very interesting. Luke Dunville, the head coach of the Lumsden High School Devils here on the Western Pizza Hotline. You guys beat Tisdale 51-21 to uh, this past weekend. Maybe just take us through that game. That's a big win. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to have uh, that game. It was really actually, uh, I'd say, closer than how the what's the score indicated. Um, you know, Tisdale jumped out first uh, in the first quarter, seven nothing. We tied it. They uh, scored again, thirteen seven, and then uh, we pulled ahead. And then a uh, big turning point was in the second quarter. We had a punt block, uh, maybe on their ten or fifteen, that rolled all the way into the end zone, which we recovered for a for a touchdown right there. So that was halftime, twenty one thirteen. And then uh, and then even the third quarter was still really back and forth. We scored on our opening drive but then uh, had some trouble moving the ball again for the rest of the quarter, but our defense was also very good and held, uh, held Tisdale's offense at bay. And then uh, Tisdale scored early in the fourth, so that was uh, like th- made it 30-21. to 21. I guess Tisdale had give us, given up a safety, 
So we went from 28 to 30 there, but 30 to 21 in the fourth. And then, uh, and then we have, we have a lot of depth and, uh, you know, we don't really don't have to play players two ways. And I think that's an advantage for us. And, and then we got three touchdowns in the third to really pull away and, and seal the victory. Yeah, big win for you guys. And you will be taking on Shonovan here in the Provincials. Shonovan beat Melfort 37-28. to The old Melfort Comets. As, uh, that's Logan Furland's old school. Correct? Blaine Wyland's giving me a look. He's like, oh, I don't like that team. <laughs> they took us out in grade. They took us out in grade ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. No, Melfort is. Uh, they're always a, a good team and uh, well coached and and uh, very competitive. And uh, and yeah, just speaking of uh, Logan, uh, met him right after graduating grade twelve. And he uh, when he was with the Thunder, uh, him and some actually other former Melfort Comets would come out to Lumsden because they were living in Regina and help us with our uh, spring camps. So. So the Lumsden uh, alumni and the young guys know him very well before uh, before he was with the Riders and following uh, a nine-man player in the CFL there too. So yeah. a little side story that's, there. That's great stuff to hear. So you will be playing Shonovan. What kind of football team do you have on your hands here with Shonovan this weekend? Uh, they're a big physical team. I mean, they have a small roster, uh, but the size of their players and you want to say that like the size of their heart or their motor, they do not quit. They're tough as nails. They go from the first whistle to the last, and uh, you know they just give it their all. So it'll be a it'll be a, a big physical game uh, back and forth. And uh, again, just hoping you know we're going to execute well. Uh, we feel like we've got some matchups where maybe uh, you know we have the advantage there. We've got the the home field, which is nice, and uh, and just the depth. You know, like we were over forty players. We've got just here for this game. And like I said, they're they're right around twenty, so so that's uh, that's an advantage that hopefully uh, pays dividends for us. And maybe just give a spotlight on some of your players, Luke Dunville, with the Lumsden Devils. What are some players that we should look out for in this big game coming up this weekend? Um, well, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, it's a team game. There's so many guys for us on both yeah. sides of the ball. Let's start uh, with your starting well. quarterback. Who's your starting quarterback? Yeah, Jackson Patterson. He's he's had a real uh, terrific year this year. Uh, he's, it's his senior year and uh, really growing leaps and bounds from uh, last year. He's getting the ball out fast, making right decisions, accurate with the ball, just just playing some great football. And uh, and yeah, like on defense too, we have lots of seniors uh, starting there. You know, our entire secondary, all the linebackers are, are grade 12s. And, uh, you know, we've had some kids who worked hard in the summer to make that spot. They really wanted to. Uh, we've got some speed there. Uh, one kid broke his hand early in the season. Oh. He's been playing with a cast. And he just got it off. He just, uh, you know, the senior year meant a lot to him. He wasn't missing it. So just the just the competitiveness and just the commitment that they had for this team too is just another reason why I feel we've had uh, so much success this year so far. Yeah, it's the Shonovan Shadows and the Lumsden Devils coming up this weekend on Saturday. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff, and that's in Lumsden, correct, Luke? It is, yeah. Right on. So hopefully, if you have some time, if you're listening right now and you're looking for some great entertainment coming up here on Saturday, it's not too far away. Lumsden, Saskatchewan taking a great football game, nine-man football game between Shonovan and Lumsden. Hey, Luke Dunville, head coach of the Lumsden Devils, will be cheering for you here inside the sports cage. Good luck on Saturday. Hey, thanks very much. Roll Devs. Right on. That's Luke Dunville on the Western Pizza Hotline. And... 
Unfortunately, I won't be able to go to the game because I will be working the Big West final coming up here between those BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But love to spotlight these football teams in our province. We give a lot of love to the RIFL, and it's well-deserved, but there's a lot of other football going on across the province, so it's great to catch up with Luke Dunville, the head coach of the Lumsden Devils, before their, before their big game. I keep trying... I always want to say Lumsden Lions. It's not the Lumsden Lions. That's the minor hockey team that I played against when I was a kid. It's not the Lumsden Lions. It's the Lumsden Devils. But once again, that game between Shaunavan and Lumsden is coming up this weekend. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff in Lumsden. SGHL last night, the Weyburn Red Wings beat the Clippers and Kindersley 3-2 the final. And a game that you heard on GX94 Yorkton with her own Benny Walchuk on the call. The Yorkton Terriers picked up an OT win in Wilcox over the Notre Dame Hounds. 3-2 to two the final score. And it's a night off league-wide here on this Thursday across the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And the Ottawa Senators last night, they spoiled the party for the home crowd on Wednesday night, beating the Maple Leafs in Toronto 6-3. to three. And for the second consecutive game, the Florida Panthers picked up a victory in overtime thanks to a third-period comeback. Nice win them for uh, over the Capitals, 4-3 to three the final score. And after the first month of the season, without a loss in regulation, the Vegas Golden Knights were cruising on by, but now they have lost two in a row, dropping one on home ice yesterday. 4-1 to one the final score to the LA Kings. NHL tonight, we have a busier slate to look out for. The Montreal Canadiens... They're going to try to stop the bleeding here. The Habs have lost four in a row. They are in Detroit tonight. The Canucks, they're off to their best start in franchise history. They're going to be looking to keep it going tonight in Ottawa. And winners of their last two, the Winnipeg Jets look to make it three in a row tonight versus Nashville. And the struggling Edmonton Oilers, they are in San Jose to take on a Sharks team fresh off their first one of the season back on Tuesday. We will chat with Bob Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers radio network in the bottom of Hour 2 coming up here at 4.35. Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks there in Tampa Bay tonight. Minnesota at MSG versus the Rangers. The Islanders at Bruins. Dallas at Columbus. St. Louis welcomes Arizona. Seattle at Colorado. And the Pittsburgh Penguins in downtown Los Angeles to match up with the Kings. And I saw this late last night. It's scary stuff, but former Regina Patton, current Seattle Kraken forward Jordan Eberle, he had a bit of a scare at practice yesterday. Now, he is okay, but Eberle suffered a cut on his leg from a skate blade, and he was taken to hospital, and Kraken GM Ron Francis, he told the media that Eberle, he is undergoing an MRI to diagnose the extent of the injury, but, you know, the bleeding obviously has been stopped. He's all good. It's just scary, especially what happened overseas, you know, a couple of weeks back now. It's a, it's a scary sport. So I would love to see personally neck guards across the board and all levels of hockey going forward. But, hey, that's that's just zinger. NBA, the Toronto Raptors putting their stamp on the state of Texas last night, defeating the Mavericks in Dallas, 127-116. to And that's back-to-back wins now for the Raps in the Lone Star State. Toronto won in San Antonio on Sunday. They have a few days off now, and they will be in Boston on Saturday to take on the Boston Celtics. And, ooh, baby, do we have a great NFL football game for you tonight. That's my sarcasm. Hopefully it's leaking through the way that I wanted. Maybe not the sexiest matchup, 
It's the one in seven Carolina Panthers in the Windy City to meet the two and seven Chicago Bears. And if you do want to watch that game, you can tune in. It's starting at seven fifteen. And yes, we're gonna have the voice of the Regina Pats, by the way, Dante DeCaria. He came into the office about a half hour ago to pick up his broadcast equipment. And he came into the studio quickly, and I was like, Hey, Dante, why don't you come on the show today, my friend? I'm, let's talk about this big bobblehead giveaway that will be happening at the Brandt Center on Sunday versus the Brandon Wheat Kings. Connor Bedard bobblehead giveaway. This is going to be a hot, hot item. And if you don't get one of the bobbleheads through the gates, Dante told me that they are planning to sell them in the pro shop as well for, I believe, $10. So if you don't get it through the gate, you're not out of luck completely yet. I'm guessing there's going to be a big lineup at the store, though. So highly recommend that you get to the Brandt Center early on Sunday. The Pats have a home-and-home versus those Brandon Weekings. First of all, they go on the road on Saturday to take on the Wheaties, and they will be back at home to meet Brandon at the Brandt Center on Sunday. And that's where the Kanabadar bobblehead will be given away, and it looks really nice as well gauging by the picture on my computer screen right now. Well, that wraps up Hour 1 here inside the Sports Cage. We're going to hit the news next, and on the other side, we are going to be chatting with Bob Stoffer of the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network, and as well, a lot more CFL topics, NFL. We're going to talk about the Thursday Nighter with Andy McNamara right after the 4 o'clock news with Andrew Dawson. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Here we go. Thursday show for the Canadian Brew House. You can get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday. With a feature wing flavor of the month. Every month, only at the CBH. Sean Kleisinger alongside Blaine Wyland. It's 4.08 and we have an NFL football game to, I guess, look forward to tonight. If you can even say that. It's not a very good matchup. The Carolina Panthers taking on the Chicago Bears. But that doesn't mean you can't win yourself a little money. It doesn't matter how good or bad the teams are. There's always a couple dollar bills out there to be grabbed. Andy McNamara with our NFL fantasy and betting tips now here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you doing today, Andy? Zinger doing good, buddy. You are correct. This uh, If you don't have some money or some fantasy football skin in the game, this this one's a snoozer. This is uh, this is bad football, folks. <laughs> Combined three wins. When was the last time we saw this this late in the season? You think? I mean, two teams. One team has two wins. The other team has one win on a primetime game. Don't you? Right? Can't they get this flexed out? Like they, they always talk about flexing. Can't they just flex this game out, please? I, I, I'm with you. Uh, there, there's, I believe it's a 10-day window. It might be 12, don't quote me, 10 to 12-ish on uh, the NFL having to say. So, so it's fair to teams if you want to flex a game. 
the thing is, it's not like we were expecting 10, 15, 20 days ago for Bears Panthers to be a barn burner, right? Yeah, we, we knew this game would stink, and lo and behold, it's here. Maybe the most interesting part of the game is that this is a no-lose situation for the Bears because, remember, they own the Carolina Panthers' first-round pick. So if the Bears win, they have 43% chance there it goes up to have the first overall pick – if they lose, they still have the third highest chance to get the first overall pick. So for the Bears, if you're the front office, you're like, hey, man, crack, crack a bevy and uh, some popcorn, and uh, who the heck cares what happens? Yeah, it's like a sickness, Andy. Us NFL fans, we're going to watch it regardless. Of course we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. When, you look at the, <laughs> when you look at this game tonight, what are a couple things maybe that you have your eye on that can win us some moolah? Oh, boy. You know what? Like, everything under... If we're looking, if we're looking at it, like whatever's the under of things, take it. Like thirty-eight and a half, the total points under. That's for sure. Uh, there's now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. There's some interesting in-game plays that we can do here, and a couple of these caught my paying out at a plus two fourteen. It's not crazy, but decent. Carolina Panthers winning the game. Panthers uh, scoring over sixteen and a half points, and total touchdowns one and a half. Do I like it? Yeah, maybe we go instead with a Bears one. And it's a Donta Foreman anytime touchdown, over 54.5 receiving yards for DJ Moore, over 4.5 receptions for DJ Moore. That plays plus 360. And Zinger, I think that's the play I'm going to do. It plays better. And I'm just not confident in betting really on any team of winning. But Donta Foreman still has the lead back. A show he can pop. And DJ Moore is really outside of Cole Komet really the only reliable receiver on that Bears team. Mm. Anything else you're looking at when it comes to the game tonight? Boy, again, I like go with the under. I would say, like I, I would honestly suggest, go bet uh, light on this one. Save your coins for Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but those, those I want to make ones. it interesting, Andy. I want this game to mean something to me. I'm going to be cheering against the Chicago Bears anyways. You're going to be doing it, it, it anyway. So that's why I think that plus 360 is nice. If you want to get even a little more nuts, Okay, do you want to get nuts? Let's yeah. go Costanza here. Let's get nuts. All yeah, right, let's go. this this plays plus three ninety. So how confident are you in in, in Mr. Bagel Tyson Bagent passing yards over one hundred eighty eight and a half yards? Dante Foreman anytime touchdown and Chicago Bears money line to win. If you like that, that oh. pays out plus three ninety. That's a decent little payday there. And Bajan fantasy-wise, like, I'm not recommending it as a play, but there are a lot of uh, just incredible players on the bye week this week because we have a situation where it's the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles up. So you're missing a lot of fantasy football meat on the bone. But if you're putting in um, Tyson Bajan, he did get you uh, 28 or not 18.8 fantasy points last week. So I don't love it. But again, it could be. And if we're talking about that, that passing yard for Beijing to go over 188, look at the last two weeks, 220 passing yards and 232. So the more I'm thinking about it, maybe that plus 390 in-game parlay makes some sense. Ooh, you're making me go crazy here, right? Jerry. You're making me go there crazy. Go. Let's go. <laughs> That's my best George Constanza impression. Gotta get nuts. Gotta get nuts here. This is Andy McNamara with some NFL betting tips. Hey, basically midseason here, Andy. Do you want to give away yeah. some biggest surprises, good and bad? Boy, well, you look at the this season, and I put it on my show, The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, every Tuesday and Sundays. It's actually up now my whole 
mid-season fantasy football's winners and losers, biggest surprises, good and bad, up there now on YouTube at Sickpod Browns and at AndyMC81 on Twitter, AndyMC Sports on Instagram. But a couple to look at, biggest surprise, and let's, let's stay positive here, okay? The positive is C.J. Stroud. Because, my goodness, not only – remember, Zinger, going back to the drafting, remember it's like, he failed a test. He, he's not smart. Okay. Um, but he's really, you know, good at football, and he's 6'3", 220. So I think I'll take that over five foot nothing. Uh, uh, Bryce Young, first overall. The way that C.J. Stroud has not only worked himself into – the conversation of uh, being the offensive rookie of the year. Zinger, I could start. If he keeps this up, he could be making himself into the conversation for MVP. Who would have thought that? And fantasy-wise, you could have got this guy for maybe, probably not even drafted him. You could have gone for free off of waivers, and now he's, depending on your league, between the fifth and seventh best fantasy football quarterback. Unbelievable. All right, so I'm going to write him down. That's uh, that's at the top of my list. What what else do we got here, Andy? Oh boy. Well, you know, if we want to get a little little negative, um, uh, let's get negative here. Let, let, let's get negative. How about Daniel Jones and the Giants? Just oh, look like guy. total tools. Yeah, just total chumps. Like, did, did anybody? Is anyone surprised? And I know we got hurt, but is anyone surprised that Daniel <laughs> Jones was not good? I know. I, I, I'm not. Daniel Jones, here's the preseason fantasy football ranking for Daniel Jones. 13th quarterback. So two QB leagues, top of the end, back end. 13, not not great, but still good. Right now his overall ranking is 185, and he's done for the year. Oh, Holy smokes. Just gross. And the fact that he stinks has really dumped on the value of Darren Waller, the tight end, in an already thin fantasy football group. Really? Zinger, I thought... With Darren Waller going to the Giants, I looked at the rest. Opportunity equals success typically in fantasy football. And I was like, well, the Giants have no one to throw to. It's got to be Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley. Well, poor Darren Waller. I don't blame him. I blame Daniel Jones for stinking. And we got Tommy, Tommy DeVito. Get your shine box, Tommy. Right? He was going to be playing quarterback. Get your... What the heck are we doing? And I love how we could just say he stinks without feeling guilty at all, even though he no. just tore his ACL. Oh, the, the yeah, fa- I got 40 mil. Zinger, you can cut my ACL right now with a pair of scissors if you give me 40 mil. Okay? Here, I'm coming, Andy. I'm coming for you. <laughs> hey, the, Bring the 40, though. Yeah, yeah. The Cleveland Browns, they're coming for the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. That's a big oh. game, huh? A big game in the oh, AFC boy. North. Five and three Browns. I believe the Ravens are seven and two. Seven and two. Best division football zinger. Like, mm-hmm. for, for real. That's not hyperbole. Uh, you look, all teams are at least two games over 500. And they make There's up all three wildcard teams right now in the AFC, yeah. I believe. Yeah, you could yeah, conceivably see all four teams in the playoffs. I don't know. I'm sure it's been done, but I can't think of a time that it has been done. This is a huge game. Because if the Ravens win this game, they're winning the AFC North. That's eight and two. No one's catched them. That's it. The Browns win. Now you're six and three. Ravens seven and three with the buy still to come. Pittsburgh floating around there and Cincinnati getting red hot. That division is just going to clump up and, and just be a wild ride. So for personal reasons, I hope the Browns win because I'm a huge Browns fan. But just for storyline interest, it would be great if Cleveland did win in Baltimore because then you really make that division totally unpredictable. Hey, my Green Bay Packers have not won in Pittsburgh since the year 1970. Did you know that, Andy oh, Mack? I did not. I'm <laughs> cheering for him, man. Yeah, Don't Green put Bay. Boots to him. Green Bay is in Pittsburgh on Sunday. When you look across the other games this weekend, your game's in the early time slot. So, what, yeah. what's Andy going to be watching in the late time slot? Is or is it going to be more like NFL Red Zone? 
Well, I tell you, I'm not watching the 405 Falcons Cardinals. Oh, my goodness. Oh, a couple of birds. Oh, my gosh. Just, a couple of dirty birds. Uh, the dirty birds. You know what? Kyler Murray's going to be uh, be back, apparently, so that might be. Even more of a reason not to tune in. <laughs> yeah, 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 for, for real. You know what? I want to see Lions-Chargers. Yeah, That's the 405 game. Giants-Cowboys, can we get, we just bashed it. Can we get the Giants off of primetime, please? Mm-hmm. Please? You, you talked about flexing. Enough. Cowboys are going to beat them. Cowboys are 17-point favorites. That's the mid-afternoon primetime game. 17-point favorites. I don't want to see that. I do want to see those Lions and Chargers, though. Chargers with a big win last week. Where can they see? You talked about the wild card scenario. They're not winning the division, but if they can get a little a little hot, they can certainly get a wild card. They have the ammunition. They have the personnel to do it. The Lions on the road, 6-2, and two, still needing to prove themselves. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, but you still have to keep doing it. We're only halfway through the season. Can you keep doing it? Can you now take this next step? When teams now, you're not catching anybody by surprise if you're Detroit. You're not the lowly Lions to be kicked uh, kicked over. Mm-hmm. You're you're cream of the crop. So now you're going to get people's best shot. How do you respond? So I'm very interested in that game. Imagine trying to sell to someone America's game of the week, the 2-7 and seven New York Giants taking on, oh. yes, "Quote unquote America's team," but like, come on, I'm absolutely oh, with you, man. I, I would, know even more so. I would put the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers bias aside. I mean, these two teams have huge fan bases. Why not? Yeah. Why not put oh, that absolutely. one in? Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, on the early slate of games. Um, big game for the Packers because now, okay, if we're looking. We're looking at the standings here. Pittsburgh's a paper tiger. Their offense—you got to have Jordan Love score points. You got to have him score quick. Easier said than done. The defense is really good. They're so well coached, but that offense and Kenny Pickett stinks. They got nothing. They just eke out, grind out, and frustratingly keep winning. It drives me insane, Singer, that this team keeps winning despite their horrible offense. At some point, it has to come. Uh, It has to come down, and it has to bite them. Can Green Bay, Jordan Love, isn't getting figured out, but there's still some pop there. I would love a big Jordan Love game. No. Just go, sling it, play free, man. Let's, now you're talking let's my go. language. Let's go. Let's go. Kate. You know, let's do it. They won last week. Um, hopefully Aaron Jones gets a bit healthier. Jordan Love, man, you know, don't get uh, with their P-yellow uh, terrible towels zinging around. Don't worry about P-yellow. it. Go in, get the job done. Our because yellow look, is better. Our yellow is better. better, man. <laughs> Absolutely. If you look at the rest for the Packers, if you look at the rest of the, the wild card standing, like I don't I think they're not definitely not going to win the NFC North, but the NFC South is terrible. The NFC West not great to te- so if the, the Packers can get back to 500 and hang around you can have a shot at a wild card spot this is a big game for them too yeah well before we get there Andy one in seven Carolina Panthers and the two oh. and seven Chicago Bears and from like the outside looking in yes Ugh. we're neutral so this is like a dumpy game but my friend Ryan Hall texts me he's a big Chicago Bears fan brings up a a point here. Tonight's okay. game is actually a very big game. The Bears have to beat Carolina to help guarantee them the number one overall draft pick in the spring. They need to keep Carolina in last place for the draft yep. pick that they traded last year. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So this is a very big game as far as the draft order next year. As far as the draft order, yeah. If the Bears win, their chances to clinch that number one overall pick, 43%. And if they lose... It goes down to 28%, still the third highest. So 
again, really, the Bears are in a great spot with two first-round picks. And um, I think I think big picture in what is looking like a deep quarterback college draft class, what do you do with Justin Fields, who has shown improvement, but he's been banged up a bit this year? Do you get that shiny new toy and cast aside Justin Fields, or do you build around him? Do you trade out a little bit? Do you get more assets? That's going to be, as this season goes on, and especially the offseason, what does Chicago do? Because Chicago is going to control the draft. Yeah. Well, I have a hard time imagining if the Chicago Bears are sitting with the first overall pick and Caleb Williams is on the board that they won't select him. You know? (laughs) Justin Fields has (laughs) done absolutely nothing except lose football games consistently for years now. He can't even throw the football. Andy McNamara, we are out of time for this week. Went a bit overboard, but uh, that's the way I like it here. Thanks for your time, my friend, and enjoy the juggernaut game tonight. You know what? Anytime, Zinger, love it. And, uh, yeah, maybe sprinkle some sprinkle some bucks, make it interesting, and hope uh, your fantasy team does good this week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Right on. That's Andy McNamara. We're going to win ourselves some money this weekend, and it starts tonight. If you missed that conversation, you can always go back and find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. A lot of great fantasy tips, not only for tonight, but going into the weekend as well. That's Andy McNamara. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Back inside the sports cage, Sean Kleisner alongside Blaine Wyland. It's minus two downtown Regina as we are approaching playoff weekend, West Final. You can hear the game on Saturday right here. We are going to be carrying the BC Lions Radio Network's broadcast once again. And this week, the game starts at 4.30. Keep that in mind. In our pregame show, we'll be on the air at 2.30 with Daniela Ponticelli, Don Hewitt, Wes Cates, taking you right up to kickoff. And that's where... The BC Lions will try to punch their ticket into the Grey Cup, a rematch of last year's West Final. I remembered last year's game so vividly. I'm sure you do as well. You listening right now, that 28-20 Winnipeg Blue Bombers win and the snow and the cold and after the game, Nathan Rourke. That's the thing I remember most after the game. He was just so upset. He couldn't even leave the field. He was hugging his teammates because he knew deep down, I think, that that was his last game as a BC Lion. This time around, Vernon Adams Jr. playing lights out football. Threading the needle all over the place this past Saturday. Looking for some of that accuracy. It's going to be a little bit different, though. This game is outdoors, albeit the weather is looking pretty good in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And that's saying something because usually things do not look good in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yes, that's my Winnipeg joke of the day. I don't think it was as good as my joke from yesterday, though, about what was it? Winnipeg turned 150 yeah. years old and they're smelling their age or something like that. I think that one takes the cake. Don't you think, Blaine? Yeah. yeah. That, yes. They have that stench. It takes the cake. We can smell it here from Regina. Yeah. As people are running on by the corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina here. It's a quiet night, in the, or not a quiet night in the National Hockey League. Yesterday was the quiet night in the National Hockey League with those three games. Tonight there are 11 games, and the Edmonton Oilers can tonight be the night that they flip the script, turn things around there in San Jose to take on the Sharks. A Sharks team that are fresh off their first win of the season back on Tuesday, and we're going to talk about this game. And... More importantly, maybe more in-depthly, talk about the Edmonton Oilers 
On the other side of the break, as the color voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Bob Stoffer, will join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wyland inside of the Sports Cage Studios with your Sports Cage ticker. As it's a busy night in the NHL tonight, there are 11 games on the schedule including some Canadian teams in action, including an all-Canadian matchup, as the Vancouver Canucks will take on the Ottawa Senators. There's an original six matchup featuring the Detroit Red Wings, taking on the Montreal Canadiens. As well, the Winnipeg Jets will host the Nashville Predators, and the Edmonton Oilers will square off with the San Jose Sharks in a battle of the two teams occupying the basement of the NHL standings. As well, in action tonight, the Seattle Kraken will take on the Colorado Avalanche, Regina, former Regina Pat Jordan Everly will not be in the lineup after he took a leg or a skate blade to the leg on uh, during Wednesday's practice. Uh, the team says it's not as too severe, but he will miss tonight's game. And as well tonight, it is the Thursday night football in the NFL between the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Of course, the Chicago Bears own the Carolina Panthers first round pick after the trade earlier this year in the springtime. That's how the Carolina Panthers trade up to pick up the first overall pick in the NFL draft so they could select quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama, while the Chicago Bears got a first-rounder in 2024 as well as wide receiver DJ Moore. And that's a look at your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Thursday CFL report with CFL All-Star kick returner from the Toronto Argonauts, Javon Leak. And, and we asked Javon if there was any nerves leading up to the announcement. Yeah, for sure. You know, you guys, you, you always check up on it. You know, you just keep in touch, uh, especially with Mario. I, I talked to him throughout the season. So, you know, I definitely was keeping up with him, what he was doing. But you, you try not to think about it too much. You know, you look at it one time, one or two times, and you just keep it pushing, focus on the season, let everything, you know, speak for itself, man. But, of course, like you said, we're all human, so you're going to come across that area once or twice. Yeah, Javon Leak here on the Western Pizza Hotline, and you've had quite the career so far here in the Canadian Football League. You've only been up here for two seasons now. You won a great cup last year, and now your second year, you are a CFL All-Star, and now here you guys are with another chance to go back to the great cup if you guys can pick up a win on Saturday. Was this kind of what the doctor ordered when you decided to take your talents up north man it's a blessing it's been so much fun out here man i love canada i love toronto the city uh since since i got here like you said great cup the first year so it's just been fun and you know blessings just keep rolling in so i just you know just got to keep it going you know stay focused stay prayed up yeah you know just look at the blessings that we got in front of us and opportunities we got man so like you said we just got to keep it going and get this win saturday know much about the cfl before you made your way up yeah, I, I knew about it. I watched a couple games. I didn't really understand it at first, uh, just with all the rules as far as, like, the return game. So it's once I got up there, I learned more about it. But, yeah, I definitely used to see it on TV, and I would watch a couple games just to, you know, see what it was about and just kind of see something different from the NFL. So Yeah, and this version of football really yeah. fits your skill set, doesn't it? Because we all know down south in the Man, national football. I love it. It, yeah, you know, the return yeah. game has kind of been taken out of the game down south, but up here, open field, you got returns left, right, and center, so you must be loving the Canadian version of gridiron football. Man, with the, with the, with the halo rule and everything yeah. that comes with it for returners, it gives us an opportunity to showcase, you know, what we could do 
just because up north, uh, up south, it's, just, it's, a, it's the, the return game is dying a little bit. So up here, it's just it's fun that, you know, you get an opportunity to have more returns and just showcase your talents a little bit more up here. What all goes into a good kick returner? You're the perfect person to ask this. You are the best in the league. Uh, I would just say vision uh, and just being able to just have that one cut and go. Yeah, and you know, just trusting your guys because your guys play a, a big part in it too. You know, you're not—it's not just you out there. You got to trust the return, know where it's going. So, you know, all that stuff really plays a factor into it. And uh, Javon Leak, I know Regina, Saskatchewan will always have a special place in your heart because that's where you guys won the Grey Cup this past season here at Mosaic Stadium, a game that uh, a lot of Ryder Nation was at. And before I ask you about the game coming up here on Saturday, this is the first time we've had an opportunity to chat with you. So if you don't mind, maybe let's just backtrack to the Grey Cup game last season and just take us through the game yeah. and how uh, you know that felt after the game, just hoisting that trophy above your head uh man first it was cold out there man i'm not gonna lie to you uh, <laughs> i remember that for sure uh i had guys wearing hoodies yeah. on the team under the shoulder like, it was cold man but um i loved it it was a great experience uh being in sass for my first time and you know cause i didn't get to play up there in the regular season so that was the only time i made it up there uh it was cool seeing all the fans you know it wasn't just argonaut fans it was fans from all over the cfl so that was pretty cool the game was it was close and it was fun so you know it came down to the last seconds so just that experience it was yeah. fun man and holding that trophy my guys definitely won't forget it nobody covers your team like our team this is the sports cage on the mighty 620 ckrm all right let's talk some national hockey league with the color voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Bob Stoffer. He's also the host of Oilers Now on 630 Ched, panelist on Sportsnet, Oilers Regional Broadcasts, you name it. It's Bob Stoffer and myself for the next couple of minutes. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes here, Bob. I know you are in San Jose, California right now, so thanks for giving giving me a couple moments. Yeah, no worries. Awesome. You know, you're in your last test and trying to figure out who's going to be a Western and Eastern final in the AFL is obviously the all side of the season, but they're looking Hey, Bob, we're unable to hear your connection is uh, gone on us, so we're going to hang up and try calling you back if you don't mind. We lost you. Okay. That's uh, We're going to get back on the line with Bob Stoffer. We're going to take a quick break and do so next. You are listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Radio color commentator for the Edmonton Oilers on the Western Pizza Hotline, Bob Stoffer. Bob, you were saying that the, I heard CFL, so I know your mind is on the CFL. Let, I'll let you continue. I was just going to say, I didn't know who was playing in the two conference finals. That, that makes me a, a bad TFL fan, but I was focused. <laughs> we were just out in Vancouver, and the Alberta Golden Bears are playing in the Hardy Cup. So, uh, mm-hmm. for the first time since 2005. So, I'm going to be watching that on Saturday with some interest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, last uh, Saturday, John, we pulled the triple header off. We started with the Oilers game against Nashville, the Camloon and myself broadcast, and then we went and watched uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan play in the Canada West semifinal. The Bears won 40-17, to and then we took on the Golden Bears and the Huskies in hockey later that night. So that was an awesome day for us. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, they're looking for uh, 
some better days after, obviously, a very poor start to the season. Yeah, very, very poor, and there's so much to digest, so much to talk about when it comes to this hockey team. And we have a lot of, as you know, Bob, a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans here in Saskatchewan, and a lot of people have been looking forward to this conversation. So let's start with the goaltender, Jack Campbell. He was waived. He is going to start tonight in the American Hockey League. Was this a move that you saw coming, that fans saw coming, or was that a surprise when it came down a few days ago? I think this was the first step. And if you'd watched the game Monday, I referenced the job that the goalies have done in the American League. It's a bizarre situation where the Oilers are last in save percentage in the NHL and they're number one in save percentage in the American Hockey League. And you know the same. Pat Burns said it. Goaltending 70% of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100% of hockey. And I'm not blaming this all on the goaltending. There's lots going on out of the gate. Um, but you can't have a teammate 61 save percentage. You just can't. Like, that's a bad save percentage in the 1980s, let alone in the, you know, in 2023. So neither Campbell nor Stuart Skinner got off to the start they wanted in between the pipes. We can talk about the fact that Edmonton's been outscored 21 to 6 um, on odd man rushes, that the Oilers are 31st in the league in goals against, 32nd in the league in save percentage, 31st in the league in PK. That's obviously very troubling. But the bottom line, at critical times, they've needed you know more stops. The game against Nashville Saturday, they get a power play goal. Next shift down the ice, Campbell uh, bites early and uh, gets beat on a wraparound by Philip Forsberg. Uh, Monday night in Vancouver, the Oilers outshoot the Canucks 19 to two. They get a power play goal to go up one nothing. Demko's totally locked in for Vancouver. Uh, the Canucks get a lucky one on a deflection and off into day or but the next time they come down the ice, you know, uh, Skinner gets beat from the top of the face-off circle with a clean shot by Pew Sitter. And so it becomes, again, I'm not excusing the rest of the team, but I, you, you got to get a save. Yeah. And they haven't had a lot of saves. You know, there are two wins this year. They beat Nashville 6-1, and they beat the Flames 5-2 in the Heritage Classic. And I might argue to you, to you that, you know, those games were both pretty much runaways. Like, they could have easily beaten Calgary 7 or 8-2 that night if Markstrom, you know, hadn't had a, a pretty strong performance. So they need some stops. Skinner gave them those stops last year, certainly during the regular season. They opened the competition up here uh, at the start of the season, giving Campbell another chance. And I think what's happened here by sending Campbell down, it, it jolts the team a bit because he was, you know, he's obviously a well-liked guy. Uh, but it also paves the way for Skinner to claim it and just go grab it. And that's kind of what happened last year when they traded Sean, when they traded uh, Evan or uh, Tyson Berry for Matthias Right? That opened up the, okay, to Evan Bouchard. You're you're a power play guy now in defense. And I think this is a somewhat similar scenario where this could maybe jumpstart things for Stuart Skinner a little bit in between the pipes. It would not surprise me if he started you know, six or seven of the next eight games. And I know there's a lot of Oilers fans that are still kind of like on the fence with Stuart Skinner. Does Stuart Skinner have what it takes to be a full-time starter in the National Hockey League? Like, do we know the answer to that yet? I don't. You know what? I got to tell you, I think, I mean, he's 24. Uh, Usually it takes those guys until 28, 29. I mean, we had Dwayne Rolison in Edmonton, and he didn't become a full-time starter until he was 33. So. Mm -hmm. I like the way he's tracking. Uh, he's not elite athletically. He's more of a blocker, in the, but he tends to have, a, you know, he's a guy that's got a, you know, a, a good mental game. 
that said, uh, you know, let's not forget that the Oilers outshot Vegas 75 to, to 53 in the final two games last series last year, including 42-22 in Game Six and lost, you know, Game Five and Six to Vegas. So I think Stewart's still a work in progress. Um, I think he's worth the investment, but I don't think you could say even the strongest Oilers part of him that he's a de facto number one. He's still got to, you know. Yeah. Make some more hay in that regard to prove that he's that guy. Bob Stoffer, the radio color commentator on the Edmonton Oilers radio network. And the other big talking point when it comes to this hockey team right now, it's by no surprise, a lot of people are calling for Jay Woodcroft's head. And I'm talking as, you know, if you're an Oilers fan right now, people are like, okay, how much more losing can this team take? So I'll ask you the question. I know it's a tough situation because, you know, you call the team's games. But yeah. is Jay Woodcroft's seat hot right now? I, I Look, it's warm. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. But the guy also from February 10th of 2022 when he came up from Bakersfield until the end of last regular season, he had the second-best record in the National Hockey League. Like, he had won 65% of the games that he coached. One thing, Sean, should be noted, the Oilers have had uh, – you know, in, in 2021, in the North Division year, they started the year off in a little bit of trouble. Mike Smith wasn't healthy, and then they got a goal, and they finished second in the regular season um, in the division. And then in 21-22, they started the year 16-5, and five, had unbelievable met, uh, power play of PK, but four or five on five numbers. And things kind of balanced out, and they ended up only winning two of their next 15 games, and eventually they replaced Dave Tippett with with uh, Jay, even last year. You know, they had a poor sort of stretch game mm. 10, really, through game 40. Yeah. Um, and were sub-500 during that stretch. And then took, they, they've been a second-half team. But they've got a they got a window here. They get San Jose tonight, who are obviously in a full-blown rebuild. Evans not in a rebuild. They just played poorly uh, and not gotten the results because they've had multiple games with 40-plus shots. They're also not scoring. One, you know, we can talk about 861 save percentage, 31st in the league in goals against. They're 26th in the league in goals for. This is a team that led the NHL in goal scoring last year. We're number one in the league in power play goals, number one in the league with shorthanded goals. They got the only bottom six scoring they've had all year is one game of Sam Gagne popping a couple in because he's prepared to get dirty and get to the paint. And, you know, you look at the team and, they don't have any secondary scoring, but even their top-end guys, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid and Connor has been playing through something. Everybody knows that. But, you know, their top six uh, forwards are, I believe, 26th in the league in scoring. And the team's 26th overall in scoring. Nobody saw that coming. So what so, goes into that, Bobby? Are they just snake-bitten so far, or is it just a lot? Well, do, what like, goes into if, that? If you're around, like, of the major four professional sports, everybody knows hockey. There's a degree. There's a thing called PDO. Mm-hmm. And it basically combines save percentage and shot percentage. And the Oilers are amongst the lowest three teams in the league. And sometimes it's a little bit of indicator of luck. Some people say you make your own luck. Okay, fine. Uh, they've got to limit the amount of transition opportunities they're giving the teams off the rush. Right? They've been outscored 21-6 and in that regard. Teams are taking away some of their scene stuff that they do in their power play. You might see Bouchard pound the pill a little bit more. Uh, and they they got to have more players prepared to pay the price to score some ugly goals. And then it tends to open up and manifest into itself in a more goal scoring. But they had so many players last year, like McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, all had career highs. 
You know, the Oilers had three 100-point scores, a guy with 150, a guy almost with 130. Nathan Hopkins broke 100. Hyman had 36 goals and 83 points. And Edmonton, Vegas, and Seattle were the three teams in the league in the playoffs that had 12-plus uh, or 12, 10-plus goal scores up front. Well, they don't have any of that support to go along with a, a quiet top six. So they got to get crease yeah. here and be prepared to, to get to the high-danger areas. they got to manage the puck better through the neutral ice and not give away as many odd-man breaks, and they need more stops. And unfortunately, it's all compounded together uh, to undermine the start of their seat. Like, again, uh, you know, Sean, they've, they put up 49 shots against Dallas. Dallas is a good team, and they lose by a goal. They don't yeah. shoot the Canucks 41-16 in the second game of the year. Lose by a goal. Um, outplay out Winnipeg, put up over 40 shots against Connor Hellebuck, 42 shots on him, losing overtime in the game that McDavid gets hurt. So they, they're they actually second in the entire league, five on five, an expected goal four. Wow. So th- this must be like a really stressful game tonight, Bob. Wouldn't it be as far as coaching staff, players, every... Yeah, no, uh, you know what I mean, though? Like, the Sharks have one win this year, and if you say the seat is already warm right now for Jay Woodcroft, how much hotter is it going to get if they lay an egg tonight? Well, I think you're on... Like, look, of course there's expectations. This is a results-driven business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it is. It's that simple. And they're 2-8-1 out of the gate here, and they're playing a team that's getting outshot by 15 shots per game and has a minus 40 goal differential through the first 12 games of the year. Like This is year 16 for me with the Oilers. We've had two stretches during the so-called decade of darkness where the team won once in 21 games. Okay? So there was some tough, but those teams never got outscored. Doesn't sound like very good. Like the outscored to start the year, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, there's... Um, I If the Oilers start the way they did against Vancouver, they might score three or four goals here early. With all due respect to Mackenzie Blackwood, he is not Dr. Demko. So, you know, but the thing about the NHL is on any given night, uh, Gary doesn't like the word parity. He likes the word competitive balance. Um, You know, there is parity, and anybody can beat anybody. And it just kind of comes with the territory. So, uh, is there a little, there is pressure, absolutely, to perform, but the team has got to find its game and get back to. You know, some of the uh, tenants of success that they had, certainly in the last half last year, where they were the second-best team in the NHL for the last 40 games on. That's right. It's a 9.30 p.m. puck drop local time here in Saskatchewan tonight. The Edmonton Oilers in San Jose to meet the Sharks. It's on Sportsnet West, and that was the voice, the color voice of the Edmonton Oilers on the Edmonton Oilers radio network, Bob Stoffer. Thanks for your time today, Bob, and have a good call tonight, and maybe head to the beach after the game, maybe. Uh, no beach. We're no. flying to Seattle right after the game. That's right. See you later. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week, Bob. Thank you. That's Bob Stoffer on the Western Pizza Hotline. Heading to break, you are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball. Here's Sean Kleisinger. Hey, you can get the best flocking chicken wing special in town. 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month, only at the Canadian Brew House. That's today's big show sponsor. How are we doing today? 
whole lot nicer of a day today, I would say. If I had to pick and choose which day I like better, I like today's day better than yesterday weather-wise. Yesterday was very sloppy and icky. Got my pants all dirty yesterday. Today, feeling a whole lot better about myself. I am sure Regina Rams quarterback Owen Sieben is feeling pretty good today because Owen Sieben, he picked up some hardware this morning, has been named the Canada West Rookie of the Year. Quite the accomplishment. What a bright future Owen Sieben has at the quarterback position for the University of Regina Rams. All over the place. He is a true freshman, too. He's not one of those guys that has redshirted and sat around for a couple years. This is a, a guy who is fresh out of high school, and he came into the U-sports level this year and showed that he belonged. It's exciting to think what he will look like given a few more years starting at the university level. From one Regina team to another, let's go back on the Western Pizza Hotline now and chat with our friend Dante Decaria, the voice of the Regina Pats, as Dante, fresh off a call last night, 2-1 to loss at the Brandt Center in a shootout. I was listening to a bit of the game last night, Dante, and oh, I was really disappointed, not going to lie. I thought this was going to be a game. I was all amped up because I was talking with Sam Aremba on the sports cage a couple days ago, and it just got my motor flowing. I thought this was going to be the Pats night, but not so much. Well, I mean, UNUA deserves a lot of credit. I yeah. mean, at least the positive is that the Regina Pats were able to get the, gather at least a point against a really good Saskatoon team. So, hey, you got to look at the positives in that one. They were able to get a point, and that's the most important thing. And they're back to the drawing board on Saturday when they take on the Brandon Wheat Kings. That's a big home and home coming up this weekend. So, you know, excited to see how the Regina Pats are able to bounce back uh, this weekend against Brandon because they've had the Wheat Kings number. I mean, they beat them 6-1 last Friday against the Wheat Kings. So, hey, maybe that uh, is the answer on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to talk about those games in a couple minutes here, but where would you rank Stone Cold Austin Elliott as far as Western Hockey League goalies go? Looking at the statistics, he's basically a top five in every big-time statistic. We had him on the sports cage also this week. Seems like a nice guy. I've never met Austin Elliott, but he seems like he's a pretty solid goaltender. I mean, his goals against average is under two, but I think the Saskatoon Blade decor and just their structure and how they play as a team – also deserves a lot of credit as well. Saskatoon is limiting the least amount of shots in the Western Hockey League at around 26, 27 against per game. And when you're only facing 26 to 27 shots against and not too many danger opportunities, you're probably going to give up two or less more times than not. And I think that's one of the reasons why he has the great numbers. Now, obviously, he deserves a lot of credit as well. You have to be an incredibly strong goaltender to stop the puck and play in the Western Hockey League because there's so many guys that can shoot the puck the way they do. But Hey, I, honestly, I thought last night that uh, Ewan Huey was the better of the two goaltenders. He had to stop 38 of 39. So if not for Ewan Huey, the Pats don't gather a point. But I do think Austin Elliott is one of the premier goaltenders in the WHL. Do you think with that performance last night by Ewan Huey that he has earned the right to start both games of this doubleheader? I do personally, but I don't think that's the way that the Regina Pats coaching staff is going to go. I think they're going to give Kelton Pine an opportunity to start one of the games this weekend, whether Huey starts on Saturday or Pine starts on Saturday, that remains to be seen. But I still believe that the Pats coaching staff is going to continue to go with this rotation of Huey one game and Pine the next. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see on who's going to run with this starting job. I, I don't think it's a clear-cut number one just yet. So that's going to be interesting to see on what comes down the stretch. 
You look at Drew Sim, he's potentially going to come back from an injury in the next couple of weeks. He's been skating with the team at practice. So uh, lots of moves and lots of decisions to be made from Alan Miller and the Regina Pats. At what point do you think we'll see the bona fide number one goaltender really solidify himself as the number one guy in Regina? Yeah, it's so tough to kind of pinpoint because uh, Hugh A, I actually did the numbers today, 963 save percentage over his last three games. He's played exceptional. I mean, he's posted numbers that has earned him, I think, the number one job over maybe the next couple of weeks or so until maybe, you know, it goes back to Kelton Pine. But I'm not sure if the coaching staff will do that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. on who starts on Saturday. But, uh, again, there's it's so tough to see who the number one goalie is because Drew Sim is still awaiting and he's recovering from that lower body injury after he had surgery this offseason. And the Pats have four 20-year-olds on their roster. You can only dress three and only have three on your roster. So, if Drew Singh comes back, then the Pats have to make a move. And they've got three 20-year-old defensemen. Their back end is uh, a little bit thin right now with you know, Colton Bridgman still out for the next couple of weeks with an injury. So, hey, I mean, I'm not the general manager, so uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to leave those decisions up to Alan Miller. We like your opinions, though, Dante, the carrier voice of the Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So you mentioned it there, Dante. Big home-and-home coming up against these Brandon Weekings. How come the Pats have had this team's number so far? How does this team match up versus the Regina Pats? Yeah, you know, I think it's tough to say in terms of season series battles because they've only played them twice, but uh, the Pats had a full, complete effort on Friday when they beat the Weekings 6-1, so that's the first thing. The second thing, I don't know if Brandon's that strong defensively as well, and hey, Regina has not faced Brandon's number one goalie this year. Carson Bjarnason has not started once against the Regina Pats this season. On opening night when the Pats went 7-6 in overtime, the Wheat Kings went with Nicholas Jones, and then last game they went with their 17-year-old backup goaltender and Ethan Eskett, who hadn't started in almost a month. So, safe to say, we will probably see Carson Bjarnason twice this weekend, because the Wheat Kings have not played since last Friday, so they've had exactly... I don't know, eight days to prepare for Saturday's game, an afternoon game in Brandon. So uh, the Pats are going to see the best. So it is interesting. I don't know if I have a clear answer for you, Sean, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so Saturday's game in Brandon and then Sunday's game, Dante, a very big game at the Brand Center, not only because there's a hockey game happening, but what else is happening on Sunday, Mr. DeCaria? (laughs) <laughs> well, we've got Connor Bedard bobblehead night, and uh, those bobbleheads will be available for all the fans that uh, line up and come to the Brand Center as it's the first come, first serve. Uh, $10 to pick up your bobblehead as the doors open at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Puck drops at 4, and uh, hey, got to get there nice and early because these guys are going to fly right off the shelves. I don't know the exact number available, but it is a limited quantity. And uh, the $10 um, cost of the bobblehead will actually go uh, to a donation as all proceeds will go towards the Female Hockey Challenge. So um, it's for a good cause, and uh, it's a great opportunity to add to potentially your memorabilia collection. I know, Sean, that you're potentially looking forward to grabbing one on Sunday, so hope to see you there. But, uh, again, it's... uh, you know, great promotion by the Regina Pats, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everybody's happy with their bobblehead on Sunday. Yeah, I just want to confirm, will these bobbleheads just be on sale, correct? They're not going to be given away to fans yeah, in the just door? On sale. Just on sale, correct? And that's so, for- northeast side of the concourse, mm-hmm. on, yeah, so the northeast side of the concourse, there'll be a table set up. Pat staff will be there, as well as... Uh, some other staff to help out as well. So, yeah, no, $10 to pick up your bobblehead. And, uh, you know, hey, tickets available at reginapads.com. you got to get 
you know, a ticket to come in and grab a bobblehead. And then again, that, uh, you know, $10 cost goes straight to a donation. That's awesome. Dante DeCaria, have a nice couple days off here and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks to Godzinger. See you later. That's right. That's Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Oh, I'm looking at the picture of Connor Bedard and that bobblehead right now. That would look awfully nice in the man cave. Ooh, nicely made. Regina Pats always have some really nice bobbleheads historically, though, thinking about it. They have always released very well-made bobbleheads, and you got to respect that. Hey, at the bottom of the hour, it's time to talk some X's and O's with TSN's Glenn Suter. Big weekend coming up in the Canadian Football League. We're going to start with the West Final, and then after that, we're going to chat East Final with TSN's Glenn Suter. That's coming up at 535. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House. On 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. And it's 519. I saw that Angels pitcher Shohei Otani announced on Instagram that he is donating over 60,000 baseball gloves to elementary schools back in his home country of Japan. It's great news there. 60,000 baseball gloves trying to calculate in my mind how much money that would be. Say if a baseball glove is uh, 100 bucks, I am not good at math. But if a baseball glove is, say, $100 per glove, okay, and you're going to be giving away 60,000 gloves, that's 6 million bucks right in the back pocket of Shohei Otani. So that's the good thing about sports. Love to see it. These guys make so much money, but they give back in the best way possible. Well, a lot of the players do, at least. So, big thanks to Shohei Otani for carrying the torch. Thursday night football tonight. Oh, boy. The Chicago Bears taking on the Carolina Panthers. And it is a good point brought up by our friend Ryan Hall earlier on in the show. Now, from the outside looking in, this doesn't seem like a very big football game. But for the number one draft pick in this upcoming NFL draft, this is a very, very big game because tonight's game will really sway the percentages when it comes to the Chicago Bears having that first overall pick. The Bears, they have to beat Carolina to help guarantee them that number one overall draft pick in the spring. And yeah, they need to keep Carolina in last place for the draft pick that they traded last year. So this is going to be an interesting one to watch for tonight. Who do you got in tonight's game, Blaine? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of guys hurt tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of the, both sides are missing some good players. You look at the Bears, they're missing quarterback Justin Field. The Panthers are without their top defensive player, Brian Burns. Uh, I think the I think the Bears are going to win. Just because, God, I watched Carolina last week and they were awful against Indianapolis. I don't know if it was highlighted by the fact that C.J. Stroud threw for five touchdowns while Bryce Young threw two pick sixes. But, oh, were they bad last week. And I think Both a lot of, of the, these teams are really, well, really, yeah. really, really bad. When, yeah, you're combined three wins. but like, This is going to be like a 9-3 to three game at the half. I can guarantee you this game is going to be like... A full quarter and a half into the football game, and there's going to be about three or four field goals on the board. I, I hope I'm wrong because I want to see a nice, entertaining football game, but I just don't see it happening. I don't tonight. know. I'm kind of happy if there's actually field goals up there. Like, God, these two teams, I mean, the Bears, like, it is a, 
the Bears are in a good situation here because no matter what, their draft stocks does improve. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take out the Panthers, and God, that trade looks bad, even worse by the day. But it uh, is. That's uh, a seven fifteen p.m. kickoff tonight. The Bears Panthers in the Windy City at Soldier Field. So at least there's some football. There's also some college, I believe, happening tonight as well. We're going to talk about this more with Glenn Suter here at the bottom of the clock. But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they have officially listed receiver Dalton Schoen as questionable for Saturday's West Final against the BC Lions. So that is very big news because we all know the type of receiver Dalton Schoen is for the Golden Blue or the Blue and Gold, whichever way you want to phrase it, Dalton Shona, CFL All-Star once again this season. So that's something to keep our eyes for. And former Ticats head coach, this is kind of in the same type of conversation as, you know, our opening segment of the show today, Scott Flory. Scott Flory on the record of saying, yes, he would listen to an offer from the Canadian Football League if somebody, and I say somebody, if a team did reach out, to contact him but what's he supposed to say he would hang up the phone he would you know say for example Jeremy O'Day calls him hey Scott this is Jeremy O'Day click no I'm not I'm not taking your of course he's gonna take the calls basically what he's saying is is he's not gonna lobby for a position he's not gonna throw his name out there he's not gonna call the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's not going to call this team. He's not going to call that team and say, hey, do you want my services? Scott Flory has a really great gig at the University of Saskatchewan. And with that said, sticking with U Sports, the University of Calgary, the rumors are quite possibly that former Saskatchewan Rough Rider head coach Craig Dickinson could be could be interested in that vacant head coaching job at the University of Calgary. Of course, Wayne Harris, he left the program after that Very difficult defeat that his Dinos suffered last game of the regular season. Now, the Dinos still won that football game, but it didn't matter, though, because they needed to win by a certain amount of points. They didn't do it. So that's why the Manitoba Bison snuck into the playoffs and the Calgary Dinos on the outside looking in. So roundabout way, Wayne Harris no longer the head man at the University of Calgary. So that's something to keep our eyes on. Maybe, quite possibly, Former Ryder head coach Craig Dickinson, the head man in Calgary. I would like to see it. But back to my June Jones. June Jones as well, kind of in the same category as Scott Flora. He said that he would love to return to the CFL this coming season. And I say, do you know what? Let's bring back Ken Miller. Let's bring back all the old guys. Why not? That seems like (sighs) nothing against Ken Austin because I love Ken Austin. Like, he... The guy's a legend. He won two great cups with the Riders. One as a quarterback, one as a head coach, 2007. But can we not just promote and want to see the next generation? We see it on the field when it comes to the talent, all the first-time All-Stars we have in the Canadian Football League this year. Can we kind of look that way when it comes to the coaching staffs as well? I'm not saying that we're not because you see it across the board, across the Canadian Football League. It's already there. Ryan Didwitty, fairly new head coach, having great time success. But maybe a guy like Mark Mueller, that's the type of guy that I'm talking about. Like, nothing against June Jones, great football coach. But at some point, the evolution of football's changing. The game's changing. You got to change with the times. At some point, we got to look forward to our next generation of football coaches. But that's just me. 
Chad Kelly, of course, and Matthew Betts, they highlighted the 2023 CFL Awards. And Chad Kelly's a friend of the sports cage, was trying to get him on once again. But, hey, I don't blame him. We already had a Toronto Argonaut on this week. That was yesterday, Javon Leak. He beat out Mario Elford as the starting kick returner when it comes to the CFL All-Stars. We've had a lot of All-Stars on the show this week. Demario Houston of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We had Javon Leak, as mentioned, of the Toronto Argonauts. And last week, we had Matthew Betts on the sports cage. So the cage has been humming, and it's humming because we are gearing up for a big weekend of football, and it's a weekend of football that we are going to be chatting about coming up on the other side of the break because TSN's Glenn Suter, he is waiting in the wings. And let's talk some X's and O's. Let's talk some matchups when it comes to both of these games. That's coming up on the other side. You are listening to the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wallen inside the Sports Cage Studios with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead Doors. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz at Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialist. 11 games on tap in the NHL schedule tonight, including an all-Canadian matchup. That will see the Ottawa Senators take on the Vancouver Canucks. Elsewhere, Montreal will meet Detroit in an original six matchup. Winnipeg will host Nashville and in a late one tonight, the Edmonton Oilers will score off with the San Jose Sharks. This weekend in the CFL's Eastern Final, the Toronto Argonauts are expecting over 25,000 fans as they take on the Montreal Alouettes in the first half of the Divisional Finals. The second half of the game of the Divisional Finals could be heard here on 620 CKRM, beginning with the pregame show at 335 as the BC Lions take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And that's a look at your sports ticker. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second and long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by It's time for press coverage as former Ryder Greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation. Here we go. It's the conference final edition of press coverage with Glenn Suter for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Tuesday was a bit of an appetizer. Now let's talk about these two games. Let's start with the West Final here. We got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers hosting the BC Lions. Oh, Glenn, I am so excited to watch this game. Last year, the Bombers won 28-20 on home field, and that was a game where Nathan Rourke, he was visibly upset after the game because he basically knew that, you know, deep down this could be his last game as a BC Lion. Fast forward to right now, well, the BC Lions, they have found themselves another quarterback that could thread the needle as of late. What a career game that was. Vernon Adams Jr. last week for the BC Lions. So, Glenn, when you look at this matchup here on Saturday, what's the matchup that you like the that, that you like the most when it comes to, you know, the position battles? Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of good ones. And, I, you know, I will add that mm-hmm. uh, Nathan Burke was upset um, for a couple of reasons after that final last year. It was one, he realized that for now it was maybe his last game right. as a BC Lions for now. And and also also he knew that Brian Burnham was retiring and that was yeah. uh, that was the other reason he was very emotional. But yeah, there hey, it's a great question. There's some excellent matchups. Here's the thing. You know, they've they played each other three times and the Lions are the really the only team that went into Winnipeg and beat them. 
and they beat them soundly, and that was week three. Now, in that game, Kenny Lawler wasn't available for the Bombers, and they didn't really stick with the sort of game plan that has been their DNA, which is Brady Oliveira. I think he only had nine or ten carries in that loss. And then, you know, he was much more involved when they blew out the Lions in their next game, um, 50-14. to 14. Now, in that one, Vernon Adams didn't play. So, you know, you've, it's, it's tough to, you know, look at the, the regular season results and, and then, you know, determine a winner here. I think the, the Lions receiving core is, uh, you know, as good as it gets in the league. The, the Bomber receiving core is a bit banged up, and we don't know about Dalton Sean yet. yet. We don't know about Nick Densky yet. We, we're not sure about Rasheed Bailey yet. Um, you know, and I had a chance to talk to the teams today, talked to the Lions yesterday and the, and the Bombers today, and they have not made any announcements or any decisions yet on those positions. So that's, you know, that's a real wild card here, especially if, if somehow Nick Dembski doesn't play. And I, I'm not giving any hints here because, honestly, they haven't, yep. you know, they haven't announced anything yet. Dembski, I believe, was out there and, and working out today, but... Um, you know, that hasn't been declared yet. So we'll see. But I, I do love the matchup. When you're talking about just straight matchups, Sean, I, I think the, you know, how the, the bomber secondary matches up with the, the BC Lion receiving core. And I, and I would say it's, good, it's best on best almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We ch- we chatted with Demario Houston on the Sports Cage uh, a few days ago. Glenn, you played in the secondary at a high level here in the Canadian Football League. I want to ask you the question: Vernon Adams Jr. He was thread the needle like none other last weekend. How difficult? How frustrating is it for a defensive back? Does it seem like you just can't win when a quarterback is that accurate? It doesn't matter how closely you're blanketing a guy. No matter what, the pass is complete. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in the huddle talking to guys like Bobby Jurison when we were playing against people like Doug Flutie. Yeah. And Doug Flutie would have, have games like that. Yeah. And no matter how what you threw at him, no matter what you were doing, no matter how many times you changed coverages or disguised coverage or, you know, went with full blitzes or whatever whatever you tried to throw at him, they had an answer. And And the frustration is very difficult. And I think... That's that's part of the discipline of the game. You know, there's two parts of the discipline of the game. One is avoiding penalties and bad decisions, but but the other is to not let the the ebb and flow of a game affect your psyche. You know, I've always said to kids when I'm coaching them, don't look at the scoreboard, don't even look at it. That that will take care of itself if if we take care of the fundamentals, the little things, the steps, win your little battles, all of those things. You take care of those. And don't get frustrated when things go the wrong way and then move on. So that I, it's a great point because, you know, if, if VA is even at three quarters of what he was in the semi, this is going to be uh, some kind of offensive shootout, I think. Yeah. Glenn Suter here, quality tire press coverage. Uh, Glenn, back in 1989, you guys beat the Edmonton, then Eskimos in the regular season. Nobody was giving you an opportunity in the Western Final. We all know what happened. Well, fast forward here to 2023. The BC Lions, they defeated this Winnipeg Blue Bomber team in the regular season. And now here we are. They're facing the old mighty 
daunted Winnipeg Blue Bombers once again. So I guess my question is, how big of a confidence boost is it for the BC Lions, knowing that they went in there this year already and picked up a dub? Yeah, it helps. You know, it's it's. I I've actually done a couple of interviews with people talking about what Montreal is facing. I know we're going to deal with that yep. in a minute, but um, to to deal with the being the big underdogs and 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 going into a park and and just you know if you if you've had success in the regular season against them and the Lions have, then you know what? How how valuable is that currency in a playoff game? Well. It, it doesn't change the fact that when you eliminate mistakes, you win. When you make those big plays, when you have an opportunity, you win. You know, when you, when you do the fundamentals right, you win more battles than you lose. And when you win more battles, you win the game. So th- those things stay the same, and they're going to be determined on Saturday. But what is, what is always sort of there is that there's no – and I won't say fear because at, at the pro level you don't fear your opponent, but mm-hmm. uh, you know there's there's no there's it's very it's it's easier to fight off any type of self doubt going into Winnipeg for the Lions I would think because they know how to they they've done it you know they know it they've seen it they went back and watched the video and said hey we we were able to cover these guys we were able to control Brady Oliveira and the run game we we accomplished that. So that's always back there. And then once you get into the game, you don't obviously think about it. It's not at the front of your mind. But there is a quiet confidence that if you've had success before, it, it matters. Yeah, that run game is going to be a focal point coming up here on Saturday, especially when you look at this Winnipeg Blue Bomber offense. We already mentioned Dalton Schoen. He's listed as questionable. I mean, how big of a factor is this going to be, say, if a couple Winnipeg Blue Bomber receivers aren't in the lineup, say, even if one of them isn't in the lineup, and then the BC Lions, their defense really keys in and stops that Brady Oliveira rushing attack, and they take that away, and then the Bombers are forced to pass the football. I mean, that could that scenario really does play into the favor of the BC Lions. Well, the Lions have a veteran secondary, so yeah, if they get them into second and long, and you got T.J. Lee and Gary Peters, who had a interception, Peters in the in the semifinal against Calgary, you know, you you've got a veteran quarterback there, and and like you said, if there's a couple of receivers that end up not being able to play, or even playing, not quite a hundred percent, you know that, but it sets the tone and it creates this sort of unstoppable feeling when it comes to the Winnipeg offense. When Brady Oliveira is pounding the ball and getting seven yards a pop and bouncing off people and running over people, it really is sort of a, a, a tone setter for the Bombers that makes it very, very difficult to try and stop that snowball rolling downhill. Yeah. This is press coverage. For Quality Tire here on 620 CKRM. And Glenn, we're going to take a break in a second here and talk about the East Final on the other side. But first, I want your thoughts on the CFL All-Stars. They were revealed yesterday. And the good news when I look at it is there's a lot of first-time All-Stars, which is good for the league, I would say, going forward. Lots of young talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I like that. Uh, You know, I think once you get down to just picking sort of one quarterback, um, one running back kind of thing, um, you know, I, it, it, it becomes sort of a simpler vote for people. I think, Yeah. you know, Brady Oliveira, Brady Oliveira. I, again, I talked to him just today and sometimes I feel like he is sort of the leader of that group. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I look at it and think, you know how proud he is of being from Manitoba, playing high school football in Manitoba, being a Canadian? Man, he, he wears that Canadian flag proudly on his shoulder. And I, I just, sometimes I think maybe he's too good to be true at times. <laughs> I know what you mean. Hey, Canada's biggest city, Toronto, Ontario, will be the host of the East Final coming up on Saturday. And we're going to dive into that on the other side, Glenn. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Christmas has come early this year to Ashdown's Furniture in Moose Jaw. It's never too early to celebrate Christmas, and it's never a bad time to support families in our community. Ashdown's is currently collecting toys for local boys and girls and donating them to Moose Jaw Family Services until November 25th. When you bring in a new unwrapped toy, book, game, or stuffed animal, you'll save 30% off your purchase, excluding appliances. You might even win your entire purchase back. We want everyone to have a Merry Christmas. You can help and save at Ashdown's Furniture in Moose Jaw. Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Press coverage for Quality Tire with nine locations across Saskatchewan. QualityTire.ca, CFL on TSN's Glenn Suter here on the Western Pizza Hotline. When I think of this East Final here on Saturday, Glenn, I can't help but think of these two star-studded running backs. I feel like we're going to see a whole lot of running the football here on Saturday. Got William Stambach in Montreal. We got A.J. Olette in Toronto. We got the cold weather. It's playoff football, baby. Yeah, playoff football and, and balance in the run game, always important as we talk about all the time. Uh, I like the two talented backs. Uh, you know, you can make an argument that A.J. Olette was sort of similar to Brady Oliveira in, in, in his importance to the Argos, uh, you know, football team offensively, yeah. especially when at times Cameron Dukes got the start late in the season and, and they kept rolling the way they were rolling. So, yeah, I you know, I think there's a couple of things you look at in this matchup. It's just uh, the way that, the Alouettes defensively can disguise coverage and disguise who's blitzing and who's not, who's rushing the passer and who's not. That, you know, is something that Chad Kelly has seen this year, but I'll just be real interested to see how he handles a lot of those different looks. And they turn the ball over. You know, the, the Alouettes have a way of creating, creating turnovers. So we'll see if they can pull that off in the final in, in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto Argonauts 14-2, and already mentioned the 1989 Edmonton, then Eskimos. I always have to say then Eskimos because that's what they technically yeah. were. But those guys were 14-2 and as well. This would have to rank as one. Yeah, this this would have to rank as one of the bigger upsets if it were to happen, wouldn't it? If the Montreal Alouettes oh, go yeah. in, go into BMO Field and defeat the 14 and two Toronto Argonauts, it would have to be top five. No, in CFL history. As far as the playoffs? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and 16 wins. But, yeah, the 16 16, team, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that you know, this to go in, and, and I've, I've already done a few newspaper articles uh, just adding some, some perspective to that 16-2 and two year in 89 where the Edmonton team was, was, you know, considered one of the best to ever be assembled in CFL history. And, you know, I, I, I will say that maybe the difference here is that was a very confident group in 89 in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I'll say confident because I'll be respectful. They were, they were beyond confident. They, they had crossed the line from confident to obnoxious. 
in ways. So, uh, but to respectfully say they were very confident, I don't, I don't hear Toronto saying things like that in the media. I don't, I don't hear Toronto, you know, disrespecting Montreal, telling them that this is going to be a, a walk in the park, that they're going to cruise to the Grey Cup again. And, you know, I, I don't hear any of that coming out of the Argo. So good on the coaching staff for keeping them humble and telling them, hey, you've got to go out and earn the berth to the Grey Cup championship. You can't just, they won't give it to you. So, uh, you know, am, am I predicting that there will be the big upset? No, I don't make predictions, but I'll tell you that, you know, on any, on any given day, if, if, you're, if you're on top of your game, here's the thing about Winnipeg and Toronto, you know, Sean, that is, is important. They really don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you look at the giveaway takeaway, the Argos are number one in the league and it's not close. And, and the Bombers, although, you know, they were around fourth or something in the giveaway takeaway, they just don't beat themselves. They don't, they don't you know, drop the game-winning touchdown. They don't fumble the ball at the wrong time. They don't go offside or get a stupid penalty after the whistle. They're the, they're the fewest penalty. The, they have the least penalties in the entire CFL throughout the season, and they have for the last couple of years. So th- these two teams do not beat themselves. If you're going to upset them, you have to be on top of your game, get a couple of bounces, and maybe create a turnover or two. And then, and I'm saying create because they won't give you one. They're not going to be loose with the ball and give you a turnover. You got to go out and earn one. So that's that's what you know. The difference is one thing I will say, and this is something that we kind of forget about in in the playoffs, but it will, I think could be a difference maker. Yeah, Janarian Grant. You know, when you look at Janarian Grant for the Bombers, Terry Williams for the BC Lions, you know, and and Javon Leak for Toronto, you know, those are some dynamite, game-changing returners. That could be a difference in these games. Yeah, there's no doubt. Hey, I was going to ask you, you already kind of mentioned the one matchup that you're looking forward to, the Toronto Argonauts offense going up against those variety of different looks on the Montreal Alouettes defense. Is there something else that really intrigues you as far as matchups goes in this game, whether it's you know along the offensive line? I really want to dive into I, Give me one matchup to watch for, Glenn, on Saturday. It could be out of either game whether it's a one-on-one battle that you're really intrigued to watch for because I'm going to watch for it, and I'm sure that a lot of Sports Cage listeners here are going to watch for it as well. Well, okay, let's let's watch. You know, I'll go to the West again, and and in that final, um, let's watch the what the Bombers do with Matthew Betts. Mm -hmm. And that matchup of Jamarcus Hardrick, Stanley Bryant, depending on which side Betts will line up on, uh, are they going to leave them in the one-on-one, or are they going to ask Brady Oliveira to come up and help the chip? And if he does, that kind of takes Oliveira out of the offense a little bit. Now he's kind of used as a, a blocker and then maybe releases late out into the pass routes. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a really key matchup because Matthew Betts, you know, John Bowman just said in the province newspaper out here today, and this is a two-time Great Cup champion and Hall of Famer this year, yep. 134 career sacks for Bowman. And he said, I was quick out of my stance, but not near as quick as Matthew Betts is, and he doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. So I, I, there's your matchup. If you want to watch something away from the ball, what do the Bombers do with Matthew Betts? 
Awesome. So that's the one in the West. Do you have one that comes to mind in the East? Or is it just basically all the different kind of looks that this Montreal Alouette defense is going to throw at the Argos because we've seen it all season long? Yeah, you know, again, I, I, I love these one-on-ones when you have premier pass rushers. Um, but, you know, when I... I look at that Eastern matchup. I really am intrigued by the different looks. It's kind of called a show blitz where there's six or seven on the line of scrimmage and two of them or three of them will drop out depending on uh, the call. And, and you don't know which three and neither does the offense until after the snap of the ball. And will that create the pressure that the Montreal Alouettes will absolutely need to pull off the upset? I, I think Watching how they kind of coordinate that defense against Chad Kelly, who will be playing as a pure starter in his first Eastern final. Let's see how they, you know, that offense handles all those different looks from uh, from the Owls D. Yeah, I cannot wait for these football games, Glenn. And I take it that you're going to be calling the West final, correct? Just want to make sure I got that. Yes, I'll be in the West, and, and it looks like the weather is going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah so, it's looking good. You know, like, doesn't look like it'll be uh, weather that could change the outcome. In other words, like a super hard wind or tons of rain or anything like that. It do- it sounds like it'll be good. So, VA in the passing game, Chad Kelly in the passing game. Let's go. It's Let's- going to be a fun weekend. It's divisional final weekend, Glenn. Let's go. We'll talk to you next week. We'll know who's in the Grey Cup the next time we talk, Glenn. Thank you, Sean. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too, my friend. That's Glenn Suter. On the Western Pizza Hotline for Quality Tire, it's press coverage with nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. Yes, got to watch for Matthew Betts. Watch for that matchup all game long in the West Final. We heard from Matthew Betts on the Sports Cage this past Friday. Love that guy. Nonstop motor. It's going to be a fun football game to take in. And as well, the East Final leading up to the West Final as well. One game that we're hoping will be a fun football game to watch is... The Thursday nighter tonight in the National Football League. It's the one-win Carolina Panthers taking on the two-win Chicago Bears. Sit back, enjoy the game, or maybe take in the Edmonton Oilers in the San Jose Sharks tonight. I'm Sean Kleisinger. That's Blaine Weiland. You have been listening to the Sports Cage. If you missed any of today's show, you can always find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. I'll talk to you tomorrow.